Welcome to Bitverse Byte, a weekly podcast about the web industry, tools and techniques upcoming and in use today. My name is Adam Listek, a web developer from Northern California and Central Illinois. If you'd like to help support the show, please tap the link in this episode's description if you're using the Anchor application or visit anchor.fm slash bit-v-byte to become a monthly supporter. First up in the news, WordPress 2019 theme uh, it has been announced, the 2019 theme appropriately. So this is a theme that will be used with WordPress 5.0. It's been previewed, so there's still a lot of work to do on it, uh, but at least you kind of get the sense of what it is and how it will look. It's notable in that it's going to fully integrate both the front and back end with Gutenberg, and it has a strong focus on topography. So it's pretty simple and minimalist, but at first look, appears to be a pretty nice theme. So this will be a big release for both, you know, how WordPress is perceived, uh, both on the front end and also on the back end with the Gutenberg coming out. So this will, this whole, all of it ties together and hopefully we'll see a pretty solid release coming out from it. Google Lens is coming to the mobile web uh, with Google Images. So when looking up images now using Google, you know, Google Images itself on a mobile device, each image will have a little Google Lens icon, and you can use that to highlight portions of an image, although it will kind of auto-highlight with these little red dots that say, click on here, and it will show like, oh, a picture of a plant, and what else does this look like? And it'll have Google attempt to kind of figure out what it is to produce other relevant results. It's a pretty neat application of the technology. I don't Personally, have, I haven't used it too much on the phone. Um, haven't really had many use cases, but I think this would be a lot more useful. You know, if you see a product or a thing in a picture and you're like, I wonder what that is, then see if Google can figure it out. But in reality, I, I really look at this as just another way to uh, have them enhance shopping, which really benefits them and other shoppers. It, it's kind of neat, but it's it's also primary use case really seems to be driving traffic towards you know those that uh you know you could spend money on and find products and that kind of stuff but still a neat idea in addition uh, google photos live albums have gone uh live i suppose uh, or in production and so they're ava- what they are is if you tag a couple different people that Google, if you've ever gone to Google Photos and you're like, hey, it knows what these people are and a bunch of pictures of folks in there and that kind of thing, it already has a sense of who you are based on image recognition. So what this will do is if you add a number of those people in uh, to an album, you know, kind of say, I want to track these people, then anytime you take pictures and it realizes that it's of that person, it will add it to this album. So it will go up to 10,000 pictures, which is a lot, you know, and if you share this with someone else and you have a limit of 10,000 per person for a total of 20,000 images within that live album. So it is a limit, but at the same time, like, that's a pretty high limit, you know, and apparently it just stops adding past that limit. So your pictures are there. They're just not added to the live album. A pretty cool idea. I haven't tried it out yet, but I'm looking forward to doing it. You know, perfect for those families uh, with, you know, kids and you just want this one kind of album that just constantly gets all the pictures added, makes it easier. So I'll I'll check it out soon. And uh, there is a release of 0.50 
halfway there, maybe, towards uh, 1.0 of Hugo. And so what this is, it's uh, Hugo's a static site generator, and I actually talk about that later on in uh, the podcast, but uh, they've released a new update, and it's primarily a bug fix and release, has a bunch of little fixes and updates and that kind of thing, but it was really centered around error reporting. So if you encounter a compile error, then it will show you a lot more about what and where that error is. And it also has a new page parser that's implemented a bit of a speed improvement. The compiling as well is something like 5 to 8%. It's already very fast, so it's like going from, I saw my compiles times for about 600 pages from a second down to 0.8 of a second. So, you know, better. Uh, but it's still very quick, so it doesn't really matter all that much. But, it, hey, I'll take any speed improvements I can get. And finally, news, uh, Google reCAPTCHA 3 was released. And so you might know of uh, this product. Originally, it was the, you know, type in some weird-looking letters uh, to make sure you're not a bot. And then they have the, you know, I'm a robot or I'm not a robot button that you would just click, and it would either check or not. And sometimes you have to look for certain things. The final version of this, um, though you can still use version 2.0, is where they are doing this programmatically. So it takes a brand new approach that after including the JavaScript for this, you determine kind of in the background when and what to query on a visitor. So this will then return a score based on the user attributes determined kind of non-interactively that you as a website owner can act upon. So you get a, a response back from Google's API saying, hey, this is a score of how good or bad this user is or how likely or not this user is a bot. And then you could say, take action on that to prompt another login or trigger two-factor or some sort of bot defense. You know, it's supposed to stay completely out of the way of the end user and allow you to programmatically take action. You know, it isn't quite as drop-in friendly to most site owners because you still have to build something around it. But now you don't have that prompt in the way of somebody. You can only add on or prompt someone if you actually need to. So kind of cool. I look forward to seeing how it's uh, applied in various ways and forms, but uh, I'm looking to try it out and see if I can integrate that into my projects. Some links and resources. Uh, two things I found. Um, a, a great article on better web type called Rhythm and Web Typography. And it's a great article that goes over how to set a typographic rhythm in your web topography and try to make sure all your fonts, sizing, display, it makes sense and follow a logical rhythm, <laughs> as I've said that a number of times. But if you're into topography and you're trying to make that work in a web sense, this is a great article kind of outlining important aspects, you know, what you need to look out for. Uh, and, you know, for myself, I love trying to get better with, uh, you know, making typographic choices and fonts and ways to make it right. I'm certainly not all the way there, but always looking for more parts of it to really kind of enhance a website. But check this out. It's a great article. And uh, if you're into that kind of thing, then it should help. And finally, uh, from the makers of Sublime Editor, uh, which is a great code editor, uh, Sublime Merge uh, has been released. And it's a Git client that it's most of the features you would expect, but it's really that it's backed by this amazing editor backend. You know, although I haven't had a chance to try this particular client yet, I've used Sublime Editor a lot in the past, and it was always an extremely solid, capable editor. You know, I granted I've phased over to kind of using VS Code, but you know, 
I still go back to uh, Sublime Editor once in a while because it, it does certain things very well. Uh, but not only does this client look very nice, but it's quick and it's, it looks like you would do a great job as a kind of a fast and to the point Git client. So finally, I want to talk through um, static site generators kind of revisited. Uh, I, I talked about this once or twice before already, but after having used a static site generator now for some time while working on a new project, I, I learned a lot of, of the good and bads of it, you know, parts of it. This is pretty specific to Hugo in particular, as that is the one I've been using, and I do realize that it is a bit different being Go-based. Some of the others, like Jekyll, have different templating engines that you may be more familiar with. Um, as many developers, you know, are better, you know, with the Ruby or the JavaScript type uh, engines. But this Go templating language makes some interesting choices that, you know, I'm not as used to. But static site generators as an overall concept, it's kind of a pretty interesting one. You know, the web started out in this way as handwriting HTML page debugging from there. At a certain point, we sprinkled in some JavaScript to make certain elements interactive, but mostly just handwritten. So with the static site generator, we're kind of going back to that, but attempting to take the most painful part of that out. So instead of having to handwrite just tons of different pages, especially for a large site, you know, we can template it out and just create the content pages themselves, usually via Markdown. And by running our generator, we'll just output those pages and put them wherever we want. So this, in theory, kind of gets the best of both worlds. It's simple and you get very fast pages, you know, if well written, since they really don't rely on the server backend like a database or PHP, and the ability to ha still have some sort of CMS type management. You can either manage a bunch of markdown files, which depending on the size and scope of your site might be easiest, or you can use something like Forestry or Netlify to actually have a GUI to kind of manage this. Which, in reality, all it's really doing there is managing your markdown files. So it really depends on what you're looking for. But in terms of speed, I've been more than impressed. Personally, I'm using Cloudflare workers to kind of proxy the connections over to Azure Storage or DigitalOcean Spaces. I've used both. And to serve the files, it just means that it's pretty much completely serverless, i.e. you don't really need a traditional host like Nginx or Apache. So in terms of setup, it's got great appeal, and not having those dependencies may help a lot with reliability and uptime. Though, it does mean you're just shifting your bottlenecks to other areas, so, you know, in Cloudflare or Azure in my case. You know, but as long as those services stay up and have good reliability, which they tend to, then it really shouldn't be a problem. The Steve, uh, Steve, the speed is predicated kind of on the thought, though, that your theme itself may not be very heavy. If you're still loading a hundred, you know, JavaScript file site, then it doesn't really matter what you do. The end user won't have a great experience. So you still need to be very conscious of how you craft your site. In regards to Hugo itself, one thing that's been difficult for me to wrap my head around though I am slowly getting there, is this concept of context within the Go templates. You know, how do I properly reference pages and sections from the various logic elements and templates? Sometimes it's very clear, others it's not. You know, the documentation overall is pretty decent, but it doesn't spend enough time really trying to help you understand how some of the context and variables work in there. You know, I've been able to figure out for the most part via trial and error, but 
up until the latest release, the error messages did leave a lot to be desired. You know, the forums are pretty good, and everyone seems very helpful. You know, so eventually I do get to the answer I want. And what's kind of cool is the developer, you know, himself is uh, the primary one, is very prevalent on the forums and, you know, usually apt to help, though, branded busy. <laughs> you know, and so it, it's pretty cool that it's a smaller community right now uh, and it's, you know, rapidly developing and there's a lot of stuff coming and there's so many things you can do with this that I, even though it doesn't have everything I want right now, I think that not too far in the future, you know, you're going to have a lot more utility, a lot more uh, flexibility with what you want to do. So in the end, this has been a very interesting experiment. And if I can improve my understanding a bit more and truly nail some of the fundamentals surrounding how this is all put together, I'll have a very good and solid workflow and automation built around it. For the current project I'm doing, I'm utilizing PowerShell to actually generate markdown files that are then converted into pages via Hugo. So what's amazing about this to me is just the variety of disparate technologies used to get this working, but how well all of them can be put and work together. Just a few years ago, half of this wouldn't be possible, but it really shows kind of how far and how fast we've come to create these kind of new workflows and possibilities around tying all these different technologies together to create something that works for you. So if you are interested in static site generators and don't mind a bit of a steep learning curve, then check out Hugo. You know, the speed and possibilities with it are pretty amazing. It's well worth the trouble, I think. And static site generators overall, I think, are a very, it may not be for everyone, but it's a very good, uh, unique work, you know, uh, possibility for a lot of folks to use. And I really think, depending on what you're doing, it's something you should spend a lot of time thinking about. Because maybe WordPress is too heavy. Maybe it's not what you want. And, you know, there are other CMSs like Ghost out there. But, you know, this is a pretty quick and easy one. Especially if you're more developer-oriented and already kind of doing that type of, you know, work and development. Check it out. This might be a great possibility. So follow this podcast on Twitter at BitVBite and Facebook at slash BitVBite. Thank you for listening. And please join us next week.